Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. A series today called The Valley and we started it last week and we're looking at how in life there's some things that we go through that can be like valley moments, right? Like we prefer the mountaintop moments. Who prefers the good times in life? Yeah, but there's times in life that we're going to go through which are tough, they're difficult, they're hard for us to get through, they are valley moments. And the question is, how do we get through them? How do we respond to them? What, what is maybe God trying to teach us in those seasons? What is, there, what is there that maybe we can learn during those times? How might God turn something bad into something good? Amen. What might God want to do in the valleys? And our prayer in this series and beyond is that you would find comfort in God in every season of life, but especially in the seasons of the valleys that we might face. Uh, Our key verse for this series is Psalm 23 verse 4. It says this, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff They comfort me. Even though we walk through the darkest valley, we're going to find comfort in God. We're not going to experience evil. We're not going to fear evil because God is with us and He's comforting us in the valleys. Last week, we looked at this thought that said that valleys are part of life, but they can help us grow in our faith and deepen our relationship with God. You've got to understand that this morning, if you're in a valley moment, it can strengthen your faith and grow your relationship with God when you're in the valleys. Today, we're going to continue our look at the first valley in life that we might face. It's the valley of loss. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning that we can come before you at every time of life, every season of life, Lord. You are always with us. You are always beside us. We thank you, Lord, that our faith can grow even in the moments that might be the toughest moments of life, the hardest moments of life, and that our relationship with you can deepen, Lord, and we can draw comfort from you because you are beside us. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, Amen. It's Anzac Day on Tuesday, um, April the 25th, and it was 18 years ago, March, sorry, April 25th, 2005, that Gabby and I were expecting our first child. And it was an exciting time. It was uh, 12 weeks pregnant, and we were going to be going into our 13-week scan. It was all new for us. We didn't know what was the deal was, but we were just like going along in our journey. And I remember I had some friends over at my house. We were watching the Essendon versus Collingwood game, and I can't remember who won, but go the Bombers. We're going to win on Tuesday, and uh, Gabby was over at my uh, sister-in-law's house and with a whole bunch of girlfriends, and they were doing girl things. I don't know what girl things are, but they were doing girl things there. And sometime during the, the, the day, uh, I got a call from Gabby, and she said, I'm, I'm bleeding. And we, we knew that wasn't a good thing, and so Gabby came home. We jumped in the car and we headed off to the hospital. We went down to Werribee Mercy Hospital. That was where uh, um, we were going to be delivering the baby. And as we were driving there, going along the highway, um, the bleeding was getting worse and, and worse. And we knew that this wasn't good. This is not good. I can remember praying on my way down to the hospital, praying, God, please 
please save our baby. Please, God, be with us at this moment. I know that you can move. I know that you've got the power to move in this moment to save our baby. And so we got to the hospital and we were quickly triaged and, and the nurses and doctors took Gabby aside and started doing tests and all types of things for her. And it didn't take long for a nurse to come back and tell us the news that we feared was that we'd lost the baby. Gabby had had a miscarriage. And those four words, uh, you've lost the baby, it, it, it shook and rocked our world. And we couldn't understand why God was this happening to us. Why were we going through this experience? Why, why was something that should have been a joyful moment how could it turn to something so sad? And I remember in the weeks and the months that followed, it was a difficult time for Gabby and us and, and I, and there was lots of crying uh, for both of us over many nights, over many times during that season. You know, if valleys are a part of life, then it, it, as we said in week one, then loss is also a part of life. If values are a part of life, loss is also a part of life. What, what is loss? The Oxford Dictionary defines loss as the fact or the process of losing something or someone. Perhaps you too have been through a moment of loss in your life. Perhaps you too have experienced loss. We, we can experience loss in our relationships, a, a broken marriage, maybe uh, a, 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 a friendship that is ended and a strange relationship between parent and child. We can experience loss in our finances, a, a, a job that we've been let go of, a, a, an investment that has gone bad, maybe the, the bank knocking on our door, wanting to take back our house. We can experience loss in our health. We can go through sickness or illness physically, mentally. We can have loss in these areas. Maybe we can experience loss in our reputation. Something we've said or someone said something about us and now our name, our reputation, our integrity, our character is called into question. We can experience loss in a death of a loved one, a family member, a parent or a child. There are so many areas that we can experience loss of. And today in your own life, maybe you have experienced loss in one of those areas. Maybe you've experienced loss in, in many of those areas. Maybe you've experienced loss in all of those areas You've experienced the valley of loss, and it's something that so many of us have experienced. The question is, how do we handle loss? What do we do in those seasons where it seems that what we're experiencing or what we're going through can be overwhelming, can be overbearing, can be too big for us to handle? What, how do we get through it? What, what might we learn from it? Where is God in this time of loss in our lives? You know, when you read the Bible, there's a person who knew all about loss and suffering and probably is the character that we go to uh, so often to talk about loss. It's the character of Job. Does anyone know about Job? Has anyone heard about Job? He's a man in the Old Testament and there's a story about him and it's, it's, it's a big story. It's a lot to unpack, so we're not going to unpack all of it today because that's a message series in itself. But today we are going to look at Job and have a look at his story in a little bit of a way, summarize what he went through uh, to experience and how we can relate to his loss in our own loss in suffering. A little background into Job and who he was and what he went through. Job was a Gentile. That means that he wasn't an Israelite. 
He didn't live in the nation of Israel. We believe he lived in modern-day Saudi Arabia. So he wasn't an Israelite. He lives in Saudi Arabia. The Bible says he was a righteous, God-fearing man who shunned evil and sought God. So he's a person who, who is righteous and believes in God and is trying to live his life in a godly manner. It also says that he was very wealthy. He had 10 children. Man, you got to be rich to have 10 children, right? Feed them, pay for them, you know, buy them clothes and things like that. Uh, he had many servants. He had livestock in the thousands of thousands. His, his life was picture perfect. It was amazing. Scriptures say he had great relationships with his children, that he was very proud of them. He had a, a loving wife, had all these things going so, so well for him. And then over the course of one or two chapters, it all changes for Job. First thing that happens is there's raiding bandits that come and attack his, his servants and take off his livestock. And they don't just do this once, they do this twice, kill his servants and steal his livestock. There's fire that falls from heaven, kills even more of his livestock and servants. Man, you're not having a good day when there's fire falling from heaven, right? This is bad. A wind sweeps up from the desert and there's a house that he has where all his children, his sons and his daughters are gathered together to feast and to celebrate and to, to just have a good time together. And this wind comes and it blows the house down, destroys the house and all of his children are lost in that moment. Then Job himself physically experiences afflictions of boils and sores on his body from the top of his head to the bottom of his toes. Job is going through it. He's in a valley of loss at the moment. He is experiencing something uh, that is overwhelming. Life was good and now there is immeasurable pain and suffering that he is experiencing. He's in the valley of loss. Today I want to share three thoughts from Job's story that can speak to us when we might be in a valley of loss. And these are three thoughts that I wish I had known, that Gabby and I had known when we went through our loss. If you want to write these down today, let's write these down. Number one, in the valley of loss, grieve with hope. Grieve with hope. There's a saying you may have heard, and it's this, this very British, very English saying. It says, keep a stiff upper lip. Has anyone heard that saying? It's keep a stiff upper lip. And what that means is that don't let people know what you're going through. Don't let them know that you're feeling sad or that you're upset. Just keep a stiff upper lip. It means don't let it quaver, you know, or wither, you know, like when you're, when you're, when you're getting angry or when you're sad or when you're about to cry, you know, keep it stiff. Don't let them know what you're going through. And I feel like sometimes in life that's how we live, right? Like, like we, we, we're part of that sort of British heritage and we, we, we live our life like that. We try to keep a stiff upper lip, lip when we're going through something in our life. When we're going through loss, we think that that's how we need to deal with loss. I'm not going to show anyone what I'm going through. But this is not what Job did. In the midst of Job's suffering, Job didn't pretend that everything was fine. Job didn't pretend that everything was good. He didn't put on a brave face. He didn't try to hide his pain. In fact, in Job 3.1, he says this. After this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. I mean, that's pretty extreme, right? 
And I'm not saying that that's what we need to do, but this is where he's at. He is just overwhelmed with a sense of grief. He's in a place of deep anguish. And so his response is one of deep authenticity. This is where I am. Man, I wish, man, it'd be better if, if, if I had not been here. He says these types of things. This is what I'm feeling. This is where I'm at. In loss, we need to grieve. We need to acknowledge the reality of what we've experienced. We don't help ourselves by pretending that everything is okay when everything is not okay. We don't help ourselves by pretending that we're good by putting on a brave face. Loss happens. Here's what I want to say to that today. In our grieving, we can find hope Rick Warren says this, hope is the light that shines in the darkness, reminding us that there is more to life than our present circumstances. It is the anchor that keeps us from being tossed about by the waves of grief and sorrow. Today I want to say to you, grieve but with hope. It is the hope that stops you being carried off into the continual waters and ocean of grief and sorrow that can overwhelm us. Despite all his anguish, Job never lost his hope in God. He knew that even in the midst of his suffering, God was still present and he could trust God. Job 19.25, I know that my Redeemer lives. Maybe someone needs to declare that this morning. I know that my Redeemer lives and that at the end He will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. Job is saying, in my grieving, let hope arise. In my grieving, we have a comforter we can grab a hold of. In our grieving, we have a refuge that we can find safety in. Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Psalm 62, verse 8, pour out your heart to Him, for God is our refuge. In our grief, we can find comfort as we mourn. In our grief, we can find refuge as we pour our heart out in truth to God. We grieve with hope. Number two, we in our valley of loss. We are in our in the valley of loss. We allow loss to deepen our compassion for others. We allow loss to deepen our compassion for others. Loss changes you. If you've ever been through loss, you know that it changes you. Loss can damage you. It can wound you. It can make you suspicious and guarded. Loss can cause you to raise barriers to keep others out. Loss can cause setback in your life, can cause you to withdraw from life. But loss can also do something very, very powerful. It can cause there to be an understanding in your own life when other people are suffering loss in their lives. There is something powerful that it comes with that is a gift, which is a strange thing to say, but there is a gift of loss that can come if you allow God to work in your life. A greater compassion that is available to you to show towards others in their time of loss. 
Timothy Callis says, we, have found, we find meaning in our suffering by using it as an opportunity to serve others and show them the love and compassion of Christ. So here's what you need to know today. If you've never suffered loss, you don't know the pain of loss. If you've never been through pain and suffering in your life, you don't understand what it can be like. But if you have, then you do know. And that means that if you have people in your life, when they are going through moments of loss in their life, there is a deep compassion and empathy that is able to come out of you because you know what they are going through because you too have experienced it as well. When you've had loss, you're compassionate to other people's loss. You're more able to offer comfort and support. Job 2.11, when Job's three friends, Eli, Eliaphaz, the Tamanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, Zophor, the Namathite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. Are you the type of person that when you hear about a friend or a family member in a moment of loss in your life, that you gather some people around you and say, let's go to our friend and sympathize and offer comfort to them? And when they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him. They began to weep aloud and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. And no one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Job's friend, they hear about his troubles and then they rally together to offer comfort and support to him. Comfort and support to him. If you know someone is experiencing loss in a trying season, offer comfort and support to them. Cry with them. Laugh with them. Offer them your shoulder. Be there for them. Listen to them. Encourage them with Scripture. Lift them up in your prayers. Send them a text message. Call them. Bake them a meal. Be around them. Come alongside them. They need your comfort and your support in their season of loss. The kids could come. That'd be great. Gab and I, in our season of grieving over the loss of our baby, we didn't tell anyone what we were going through besides our immediate family, and that was a big mistake because we missed out on the comfort and support that could have come, that might have come, I'm not saying 100%, that might have come or could have come from friends and other people, our church community who loved us. And I want to say this morning, if you are going through something at the moment, if you're going through something in your future, I want to encourage you, tell someone, Tell someone, it might be awkward to explain what you're going through. You might not feel like it, but can I tell you this morning, there is something powerful when you tell someone your burdens and they help you and they come beside you and comfort you and support you. There is something powerful that can come out of that. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, 
so that we can be so that we can comfort those in in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. There is a comfort that we can receive from God. And scripture tells us to take that comfort that we have received and to pass it on to others. And if you've been through a season of pain and loss and you've come through that, there are some things that you've grabbed a hold from God of. There are some principles. There are some, some things that you have learned, that you have grabbed a hold of, that you are then able to impart to someone else, to pass on to someone else. See, I want to tell you today, the church is not just the pastors pastoring people. It's all of us have been called. All of us has been called to bring comfort and support to people's lives. One, we grieve with hope. Two, we allow loss to deepen our compassion for others. Number three, in the valley of loss, remember that God can redeem our loss. In the valley of loss, don't ever forget. Don't ever stand there and, and, and not remember this. Remember that God can redeem our loss. The rest of the book of Job, it's, it's a roller coaster. It, it's, it's a crazy ride. and We don't have time to go through it, but you can read it yourself. Job's friends who initially rock up to offer him comfort and support, they turn on him. They turn on him and they start accusing him and they start saying, this is why. This is, it's because you've done this and this is the reason you're suffering and the reason why you're going through things. They just really start dumping on him and blame, blaming him for what he's going through. Can I say this? Don't do this, please, to people in the valley of loss. Please just come alongside them, love them. Please just come alongside them and hold them, hug them, support them, comfort them. There could be reasons why they, they, they might have done something. Hey, there's plenty of time for that to be analyzed and discussed and talked about. There's plenty of time in the moment of the loss. Support them, love them, encourage them, tell them that you're there for them. God is with them. Job's friends, they give him a hard time. Job responds how you would respond. He justifies himself, argues with his friends, gets, gets angry at them, gets angry at God, questions God, does all these types of things. And then towards the end of Job, God, God arrives and he rocks up and he starts asking Job some questions and starts questioning some of Job's assumptions about God. And there's some amazing, amazing chapters there you can read. God starts talking about, hey, you're asking all these questions of me. I've got some questions for you. If you can answer them, I'll answer your questions. And unfortunately, Job can't answer them, and we can't answer them either today. But, but look at what happens. It, the book of Job, it ends with this, this passage of Scripture, Job 42, verse 12. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. You know what that means? To me, you know what that tells me today? God can redeem even the most devastating losses of our lives. Even the most devastating moments of our lives. God can redeem Him. God can bring good out of our pain. He can take our losses and use them for His glory and for our good. The same God who allows our suffering is the same God who redeems it. The same God who would allow the suffering to occur in our life is the same God who can take that suffering 
and transform it and turn it into something good. July 4th, 2006, some 15 months after our miscarriage, God blessed us with the arrival of a beautiful baby girl. Her name was Joelle, who we, are, who we love so, so much. Two years after that, 2008, we celebrated the arrival of a son called Ethan. He's in kids' church this morning, teaching your children. And we're very, very proud of him. Eight years later, another bundle of joy. His name is Roman, another son who brings us so much joy. Reminds me of how old I really am. Came into our life. God can redeem our loss. 1 Peter 5.10 The Lord of all grace who called you to His eternal glory in Christ. The Lord of all grace after you have suffered a little while will Himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what pain you've been through, what you've experienced. I don't know what valleys of loss you've been through. Maybe God, 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 maybe God has been with you. Maybe your life has been blessed in such a way that you've managed to escape much loss. Maybe your life has been one continuous valley of loss. You step out of one valley and it seems there's just another one right in front of you. Maybe you've suffered much pain and you've been through much in your life. But I want to encourage you today with the Scriptures. After you have suffered a little while, can I encourage you, if you know Jesus Christ this, this morning, can I encourage you this morning, if you've invited God into your life after a little while, after a little while, I don't, I don't know how, the little, how long the little while is, but after a little while, He will restore you and make you strong and firm and steadfast. He will restore you. He will bring strength to your life. He will bring again the ability to find joy in the moment. He will enable you to see Him and to experience hope again in your life. He will bring you to a firm, steadfast place in your life. In the valley of loss, we grieve with hope. We allow loss to deepen our compassion for others. And we remember that God can redeem our loss. We've just came out of a time of Easter a few weeks back. We celebrated where we remembered Jesus' sacrifice to the cross and we remembered the pain and the loss that he went through. A man of sorrows, he was called. He was a greater Job. He went through sufferings like Job, but he was a greater Job and his name was Jesus. He experienced the loss of a friend, of a loved one. He experienced the betrayal of friends. He experienced pain and suffering. He experienced death, all of this for us. And yet, for a little while, and yet for a little period of time of suffering, and yet Jesus experienced all those things, but His story didn't end with His death because God restored Him at the resurrection. He rose again. And there is a, in, in the story of Christ, in His journey of loss and resurrection, it gives us hope amongst our loss. It gives us the ability to say, Jesus, 
you experienced all these things, but you rose again. I know that I know that I know that in my life, I can too rise again. I know that I can leave this valley of loss. Job's story ends with the restoration of his health and the the return of his wealth and he's blessed with more children. And it's an amazing end to his story of loss, but it's a tiny picture of the restoration that Jesus has won for us. And it's a tiny picture of the restoration that we will experience one day, that we will go through when Jesus returns to right all the loss we've faced in our life. He's going to return one day and He's going to right all the valleys that we've been through. The valleys of loss and doubt and addiction and anxiety and worry. He's going to right all the wrongs. He's going to come in a triumphant moment and we'll be healed and there'll be no more pain and there will be no more suffering when Christ returns in that glorious day. God, this morning, we just praise You and we give You thanks today right here, right now. God, whatever season of life we might be in, God, and maybe it's the season of lust, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord God, that you are with us. You are beside us. We thank you. You are our hope, Lord.